This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's Fun Friday. My name is Jeff Sandu. What would your life look like if you cut the big five tech companies out of your life? Is it possible to live without using Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft or Apple at all? With a statement like that, you might think that MSP's Matt Armitage has embarked on some kind of giant and heroic experiment. Well, sorry to disappoint you, he hasn't. So Matt, you want to talk about cutting the tech giants out of your life without actually cutting any of the tech giants out of your life. What did I just say? Anyways, I know you said that 2019 is the year we should embrace hypocrisy, but isn't that pushing the limits, even for you? Hey, Jeff. Well, thank you for that lovely intro. Um, We've done a lot of shows on MSP based on the creep and spread of the tentacles of companies like Amazon and Google. So for many of us, we associate these companies mostly with one or two products. So Apple, we equate with the iPhone. Google, we tend to think of search and maps. Microsoft, we think Windows and Office. Facebook, of course, is, well, Facebook. Um, and Amazon is, you know, what people do instead of going to the mall. But that public-facing aspect is really only a tiny part of what these companies are and do. Well, especially when it comes to the cloud, which uh, Amazon, Google and Microsoft all control huge chunks of. You know, a lot of us are using third-party services that rely on these companies simply by buying a cup of tea in a cafe that uses a, a point-of-sale system that sits on a cloud run by one of the companies. And a lot of our interactions with them are seamless and invisible, Why? which is kind of why the idea of living without them is all at once, you know, very intriguing, but also very impractical. And this is something we're increasingly seeing right across the tech landscape, isn't it? This is the spread of function and acquisition of other companies that operate in neighbouring spaces. Yeah, and there's actually nothing new about that. You know, mergers and acquisitions, I I mean, that's just how the world of commerce works. What's different when you look at the tech sphere is the speed at which these companies have actually risen and the sheer amounts of money that they have to fund themselves or buy themselves into new market sectors. So their growth in terms of scale and function is quite amazing and very, very rapid, uh, especially as the technology we're seeing is evolving so fast. So things that we don't even imagine today are things that tomorrow are kind of, you know, our daily necessities. How does that bring us back to life without the big five? Well, it's an experiment I've been really interested in for a long time. The idea, you know, can you consciously decouple yourself from all of these companies? But not something you were interested enough to actually try it. Because every time I ran it as a thought (laughs) experiment or tried to figure it out in terms of practicalities, I quickly realised I couldn't do it. For example, just to do these shows, um, can I do the notes from paper? Yes, I can do the the notes like that. I could research with something like DuckDuckGo instead of Google. Uh, I could get myself a computer running Linux, (laughs) I imagine. Um, But the computers running the studio here sit on Microsoft Windows. Uh, The podcast is syndicated through Apple and Google services god knows where the podcast servers sit um or where you know the my website host actually is all of that would have to grind to a halt for the sake of this experiment and i can't imagine you telling your clients that you are giving up your smartphone for a couple of weeks 
Yeah, I mean, I could stop using all the productivity tools and accounting software packages that are backed up for my company to Amazon Web Services. You know, my entire business is built around services provided by these companies. It's not like me saying to an employee, go and live off the grid for a fortnight and you'll still get paid. Basically, if you're off the grid, essentially there's no company. Yeah, and... This isn't the kind of experiment you run for a day or two. Um, To do it properly, it has to be progressive. Uh, But luckily for me and for everyone listening, somebody else has actually put herself (laughs) through the torture of testing the viability of living outside the reach of these companies. So today, instead of me doing the usual thought experiment stuff, I thought I'd do the thought experiment stuff, um, but actually pepper it with um, some of the very brave experiences of a Gizmodo writer called Kashmir Hill. Uh, And she decided to experiment for six weeks to see if it was possible, yes, six weeks, to live without these monsters. And her results are published as a series on uh, the Gizmodo website. Um, The series came out in late January, and it's entitled Life Without the Tech Giants. And, of course, we'll put the links up on the Matt Splained Facebook page and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So your links about living without Facebook and all these other stuff will be on Facebook and all these other stuff. And that's kind of the whole point of this experiment. This is how difficult it is to operate without going back to any of these services because nobody is going to rewind the podcast of the show backwards and forwards as I spell out hyperlinks. (laughs) Um, You know, they want somewhere that they can just go and click and consume. Uh, Incidentally, if you're wondering, Gizmodo is owned by uh, Univision, an American Mm. media conglomerate. It's not owned by one of the big five, but... Its websites do use Amazon Web Services. Just like many other websites as well. Precisely, yeah. How did uh, Kashmir's experiment work? Well, each week she cut herself off from one of the big five at a time. Mm. And at the end, she went cold turkey from all five at once for a period of one week. Uh, And she wanted to do it far more thoroughly than I would ever do. Um, She actually enlisted the help of some uh, data experts to build a VPN for her that would prevent her from communicating with any IP addresses that link back to any of the big five. And I think that's where I got my first big shock. You know, we're used to thinking of these companies in terms of scale. But even then, sometimes the true enormity of that scale, you know, simply just stands up and slaps you in the face. So I didn't realize, probably because, you know, I'm too lazy, but Amazon controls over 23 million IP mm. addresses. Wow. So Microsoft was the stalking horse coming in at 21 million, uh, Apple at 17 million, uh, and of course, Google controlling uh, Amiga. 9 million addresses. Uh, Facebook is kind of the surprise, considering how kind of broad the scope and the power that we assume that the company has. Uh, And it actually controls only 120,000 IP addresses. I know that sounds a a lot Mm -hmm. by any realistic terms, but compared to 21 million. So collectively, that's around 70 million IP addresses that Harris barred herself from for this experiment. And I know that sounds a lot, but it's actually a small percentage of what's actually up there on the World Wide Web. Uh, There are actually billions of IP addresses out there. But even so, for five companies, that's some really impressive cyber squatting. 
So where do we start? Alphabetically or by their market cap? Well, given the volatility of the markets over the last couple of years, Apple could be worth $1.50 by the end of the show. <laughs> so um, let's stick with the uh, alphabet. I think letters may have a little more longevity. Assuming we're Googling rather than alphabeting, let's start with Amazon. Yes, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. But, um, you know, sitting where we are in Malaysia, Amazon feels like much less of a colossal force than it might do in somewhere like the US. You know, we don't have a local Amazon store, so our purchases tend to be specific rather than general. You know, we use the service more to plug gaps mm. in what goods are available in Malaysia rather than for everyday items like, you know, toilet cleaner or household products. Plus, of course, data link services like Alexa and Echo devices only function here with an awful lot of workarounds. But that doesn't mean we're cutting off from the company's reach. No, um, even this show is partly reliant on the company. I mean, you were saying as well, you know, BFM using mm, AWS. AWS. Um, little Mark and Polly, my AI show companions, they reside on AWS as well, you know, spreading their sociopathic tendencies throughout the company's servers. <laughs> Don't you have to be a human to be a sociopath? Uh, that's for another show entirely. Um, anyway, we've we've run into the break, so yeah. I can only get back to Amazon after these messages. All right, Matt is looking at how life would be like if you cut out the big five tech companies out of your life, the Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Microsoft. We'll find out just a moment. BFM 89.9. Behold freedom, Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to MSP. Before the break, Matt accused me of stopping the show from progressing, which we all know is a lie. Terrible, Matt. But were we talking about Amazon? Well, what the listeners don't realise is that um, it's actually me shopping, stopping the show from progressing <laughs> because I completely messed up this second half of the show and we've had to re-record it. So this is round two. So I have to apologise <laughs> to Jeff because to I am a moron. <laughs> so, yes, we were talking about Amazon. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, where were we? Yes, so we were talking about uh, Kashmir Hill's attempt at living without Amazon and she kind of divides this up into various sections. AWS and Amazon and the sites it owns. Yeah, um, so as we said, Amazon.com, gosh, I feel like I've said this before, is more deeply ingrained in the lives of people in places like the US and Europe. Um, and of course, it's coming to countries or come into countries like Brazil, India, Singapore and Australia more recently. But then there are the scores of companies that Amazon actually owns. So I'll admit, I spend a lot of time on IMDb, which Amazon owns. Um, I'm sure plenty of our listeners are avid Twitch users as well. And of course, there's Prime Video, which is an Amazon service we do have here in Malaysia. And of course, on a personal level, I'd be lost without Audible and its audiobooks. And plenty of other people are Kindle addicts. But AWS is where the meat is. Well, yeah. I mean, once you block AWS and the routing companies it owns like CloudFront, you're actually cutting off a huge chunk of the internet. Even messaging apps like Signal, which uh, users like for the fact that it's secret and independent, is actually using AWS. Your Netflix streams are on AWS, Airbnb, BFM is on AWS. You know, there is literally no point reeling off a list because there are so many. So Hill found that her VPN presented numerous apps from loading on her phone, um, as well as dozens of websites that she regularly uses, because we forget that these apps that sit on our phone actually go back to these other servers. Uh, 
And then what do you do about physical things that they own, like uh, the Whole Foods supermarket chain? Do you include personal possessions, like Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post? So in short, Hill found it practically impossible to remove all the Amazon services from her life. Can you find out if a site or an app uses AWS or a particular tech company? Well, as Hill points out, you can use a tool like securitytrails.com, which again we'll post the link from, uh, for rather to see where a company's web uh, servers are located. But because of traffic routing services like uh, Cloudflare and CloudFront, those results may not be 100% accurate. And that's not because anyone is hiding anything. It's just the way that internet traffic works. If your traffic is routed through these services, their servers may show up as your server results rather than where the data actually originated from. So if we're online, then we pretty much just have to accept that Amazon is just part of our lives. Uh, What about Apple? Well, before we go to Apple, I mean, you have the question of whether you want to exclude a company like Amazon or any of these other companies from your lives. And that depends very much on how you view them. As we've said on the show plenty of times before, you know, we can see how far and wide these companies are spreading. There are plenty of reasons to be wary. There are plenty of reasons to watch how they operate. But despite those reservations, I still use Amazon sites and services all the time. As I said, I rely on Audible. I spend as much time in IMDb as I do watching the shows on Netflix. I'm always going backwards and forwards. I use Amazon for purchases that I can't make here. Um, You know, so it's hard to figure out what or who a bad actor might be in those situations. You might think that Amazon is putting retailers out of business, but at a time where people's lives and incomes are under great pressure, what Amazon does actually enables customers to save money and time. So it has millions of satisfied customers every single day. Wow. And long may your Amazon stock appreciate. Uh, What about Apple? Yes, thank you very much. Well, actually, Apple is surprisingly easy to bypass. It's kind of the marmite of the big five, despite being uh, the you know, the the most valuable company of all of them. The Lord of the Rings. Well, thankfully, the company is a bit more respectful of your data and your privacy than Sauron would be. But the chances are, you know, if you're an Apple freak like me, you can't live without it. Um, But unless you have an Apple device, then you don't really have any business with the company at all. And as the majority of people are not using Apple's platforms, their lives don't actually intersect with the company in any way, shape or form. And Apple makes most of its money from the hardware it sells. Uh, So it has a lot of control, even down to the the size of the, the screws that stop you from toying with the devices. But by and large, most people don't come into contact with Apple whatsoever. So if you were a hardcore Apple user, uh, the computer, the phone, the tablet, the watch, how easy would it be to just walk away? Well, for starters, you know, if you're an Apple head, you probably wouldn't want to. So for all the issues I have with the company and the price of its product, I'm still wired in. It would be a colossal expense to move to other platforms. And you can all argue with me, but the ease of use of Apple products, for me, still makes pretty much everything else look like unsandpapered wood. Uh, But, you know, before anyone else switches to another station, let's go to Facebook. Mm, Yeah, what about Facebook? Yes, thank you for the sarcasm. So like Apple, um, you know, it's actually quite easy to avoid Facebook from a technical perspective. Its servers don't 
huge chunks of non-Facebook traffic. So you really can disengage from it by avoiding the social network and, of course, its sister companies, Instagram and WhatsApp. Unsurprisingly, Hill found that her biggest issue here was emotional, whereas avoiding Amazon had been mainly a practical issue. Plenty has been written and reported about the way, you know, people feel detached when they're not on Facebook. So, you know, we don't really need to go into it here. It's a case of using the service because everyone else is using the service. Yeah, you know, if you want to track and chat with friends and colleagues remotely, there aren't a lot of other ways around it. I mean, you could call them or chat face to face, Hmm. but how gross is that? Ew. Yes, um, but it's an interesting comparison. You know, all the big five tech companies hoover up data about us, but I think of all of them, Facebook is the only one where the pressure to use is almost exclusively emotional. And that tells you a lot about the company and the power that it has over us. You don't Google search because your friends Google search. You do it because its search results are accurate. And you'd be a really odd person if you had an emotional attachment to Microsoft Excel, or you missed good old Clippy. Does that make Facebook an anomaly amongst the other big four? I mean, I don't know if anomaly is the right word. In a way, it has pretty much perfected the use of crowd dynamics. Um, You don't leave Facebook, for example, because I'm still there. I won't leave Facebook because you're still there. It's like mutually assured destruction. (laughs) And though that sounds very simple, when you look at that across 2 billion users... That's a really impressive feat, irrespective of whether you view it as a positive or negative achievement. All right. Shall we Google? Or rather, let's not Google. Um, You know, Google's had a lot of self-inflicted bad press of late, um, from data issues through to employee walkouts. And, you know, that's before we get to the data that the company grabs about you. We all know that. But can you live without it? Well, look. Guess, you know, the first questions there are, do you use an Android phone? Do you use Google Docs, Google Calendar? Are you using the Chrome browser? Uh, Where is your email? You know, there's a fairly good chance that even if you don't have a Gmail account, your company is using Google's business email services. Do you have Google Drive? Do you use Google Maps? Even if you replace search with Bing or DuckDuckGo, what are you going to do without Another Google property, Waze. Mm. Uh, How did Kashmir Hill fare? Well, these services are not just physically woven into your life. Um, She found that they're psychologically embedded too. So while there are workarounds for a lot of the services, as long as you're willing to jump through hoops and you're happy to have a bunch of you know, productivity tools that don't integrate very well, you can replace most of what Google does. Mm. But doing that showed Hill how great the company is at something that's tantalizingly intangible, and that's product innovation. A lot of Google's products seem to be as good or better than its competitors. And that's before you factor in that most of their products are free or seemingly free, at least at the consumer end. And what were the biggest uh, blocks? Well, there were actually two massive impediments, um, one that you would expect and one that you might not. The one you might not expect is actually Maps. Mm. Um, Google and its API have locked down about 90% of the world's app-related business. Now, you might think, 
so what? But the next time you open Uber or Grab or Lyft or any food or other delivery service, mm. ask yourself where that map is coming from. In most cases, it's from Google. So if you want to live without the company, there's a lot of location-specific apps that simply won't function. You, you cut Google out of that, they won't function. Use them, and of course, you're in Google Central. All right, Google's own cloud services are not so all-encompassing as Amazon, though, right? No, I mean, there'll be some apps and sites that won't be available to you, but it's the internet itself that is so heavily mm, dependent mm. on the company. You know, so many web pages bounce through Google before they load on our computers or mobiles, especially those featuring adverts from Google's networks. And there are all sorts of other gubbins that a lot of sites get from the companies for their pages. Hill found that some sites wouldn't load at all uh, or pictures wouldn't load. Others slowed down markedly. And we often don't appreciate what happens in the background. Often sites load on our devices because Google actually caches them so that they appear much faster on your, on your device. Uh, and many, many, many sites use Google's free fonts mm. because they're free, um, but also because using those means they're embedded in Google service, so it loads up your page. It speeds up, rather, your page loading times. Living without Google? Well, impractical, but theoretically possible. But you'd have to be happy to live in the internet age of the 1990s. Finally, what would life without Microsoft look like? Well, I just mentioned the 1990s. And for many of us, the image of Microsoft, quite wrongly, actually, is rooted in that era when most of us banged our heads trying to get online with Internet Explorer. <laughs> um, today, as then, you know, the company is synonymous with Windows and Office. Uh, most people are surprised to learn that there's actually only a hair in it between the value of mm. Amazon, Google and Microsoft when it comes to market capitalization. So despite the operation system, the operating system rather and the productivity suites and the sites it owns like LinkedIn and Skype and GitHub. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Microsoft is actually much less of a consumer-oriented company than most of us think. You mean it's Azure cloud services? Well, that's doing really well for the company, and it's a really growing arm. But Microsoft is really in the business of supplying technology to other businesses. So, for example, that ATM that you're taking money out of, that PO, uh, point-of-sale system at the cafe or the one at the petrol pump, uh, transport management systems... All of these things run on stock or bespoke Microsoft systems, and they are pretty ubiquitous. Um, I'm actually doing the company a massive disservice by covering it so quickly. Uh, but, you know, the other companies, the, the other four, all dominate our digital, our online lives. But Microsoft is quietly rooted in huge aspects of our real life. Um, and as a result, like Amazon, it's pretty much impossible to avoid. We've pretty much used up all of our time and we still haven't found out what happened to Kashmir Hill's uh, you know, experiment when she tried to cut all of the services out at once. Well, that's partly because I'm a windbag and partly because uh, it's deliberate. You know, we've already established how hard mm. it is to cut out any single one of these companies other than Apple. So you can only begin to imagine how stressful and difficult it would be to try and cut out all of them without living in a cave and existing on roots. So if you want to know how stressful it gets, 
Honestly, go to Gizmodo and read Kashmir Hill's articles about her experiences. Can't you just tell us? No, because my name isn't Google. Um, and also because, you know, Kashmir Hill's pieces deserve a read and I've done pretty much enough mansplaining for one day. Uh, I'm pretty sure the stress of her experience will probably put any of you off ever experimenting with this idea yourselves. Um, but whether you read the articles or not, it really is worth thinking about the place of these companies in our world. I don't want to make your mind up for you. You know, you may be happy to fit into their vision of the future. You may simply not care. Or it may trouble you and you want to do something about it. But whatever position you adopt, you shouldn't just take their power and their presence for granted. Mm. I should have brought Kashmir Hill on the show instead because that's the message at the end of the day. And also, <laughs> she wouldn't have made you record the show twice. <laughs> Man, I'm there talking about how life would possibly look like or uh, you, how you should actually go and read an article that uh, talks about how life would look like if you cut Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google and Microsoft out of your life completely. He didn't run this experiment. He, you know, was just recommending an article. <laughs> I mean, even even she admits that it's an absolutely insane thing to do. It is And very she can difficult. do it because somebody is paying her to do it even while her company's own services servers rather sit yeah. on Amazon yeah difficult difficult let mm. us know if, if you've actually well, managed to cut any of these well of course you if you have you, you can't contact us <laughs> that's true uh, Matt Amtage there uh, we do have geek tunes because there is a very different type of geek scores that's happening later on uh, so we're going to do geek tunes now what do we have for today's show we have uh, Angie Stone with Wishing I didn't miss you. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.